Welcome to Future Focus, the UK at Expo podcast series, where throughout the world's greatest show at Expo 2020 Dubai, we'll be celebrating the best of the UK's creativity, innovation and culture, with special guests offering exclusive insight into ways we can innovate for a shared future. In this episode, host Chloe Thomas talks to Mike Adams, OBE, CEO of Purple, which works to change the conversation about disability by making it a commercial opportunity for business and raising awareness of the £274 billion consumer spending power of disabled people and their families, otherwise known as the Purple Pound. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Future Focus UK at Expo podcast with me, Chloe Thomas, host of the multi-award winning e-commerce master plan podcast. Today, we're joined by Mike Adams, OBE and CEO of Purple and the founder of Enable All, the brilliant e-commerce marketplace that just happens to be accessible. Hello, Mike. Good morning, Chloe. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Now, you've spent over 20 years changing the disability conversation to one of commercial opportunity for business. What led you to go down that path? Well, first and foremost, I am disabled myself, so I had lived experience of disability. Uh, And what I'm passionate about doing and what I'm driven to do is make sure that the next generation of disabled people have equality of opportunity. And in effect, what we want to do and what Purple wants to do is move the disability dial from businesses and organisations seeing disability as one of charity, vulnerable people, Um, support by government, whether that's local or national governments, and move that dial where disability gets seen as opportunity, contribution, and, and something that is good social impact, good for disabled people, and good for businesses. And this is something you've been exploring over the last couple of decades. What's the main reason? What's the most powerful message you've got for businesses to encourage them to start taking um, disability seriously and seeing it as an opportunity? Where's the biggest gain for them? The biggest gain is the commercial one. So the purple pound, the consumer spending power of disabled people and their families equates to £274 billion a year in the UK. When you translate that globally, that equates to $8 trillion per annum. And where the opportunity is that only 10% of businesses have any kind of strategy to access that disability market. And that is where the opportunity lies. And so there's a commercial opportunity. And post-pandemic, increasingly, there is a need for organizations and brands to demonstrate social impact. So we think this is a huge opportunity and absolutely the right time for businesses. It blows my mind that only 10% of businesses have any kind of strategy for taking advantage of a £274 billion a year opportunity in the UK alone. It's kind of just just crazy that it's not being approached. It's not high high ticket opportunity for many businesses because it is in many ways something of a blue ocean because these are consumers who want 
a better level of service. So if you can give it to them, they're going to be really loyal to you, I would have thought. Absolutely, Chloe. And it's the one thing that keeps me awake at night, just the simplicity of what I'm saying. But the reality is that it hasn't been done. And what we know in terms of the economy and in terms of businesses, you know, disabled people equate in the UK to 22% of the population. Globally, 15% of the population. And I, I think about C-suite, senior managements, I think about boardrooms and someone comes in and goes, look, I've got an idea. There is a market out here worth 274 billion. Only 10% of businesses have any strategy. None of our competitors. And actually the solution is really low cost, no cost. It's about mindset. I defy any board, any senior management group to go, no, 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 we don't want to do that. And, and I think why is because the international sign for disability is the wheelchair sign. And wherever you are in the world, it really is distinctive and you know. But actually, wheelchair users only comprise 8% of the disabled population. And I think there is this perception that disability is about and only about wheelchair users is is about ramps is about lifts is about risk is about cost there's so many other low-hanging fruit that businesses could go after but actually they don't understand that disability is about mental health it's about 80 percent of disabled people have hidden impairments so it's a mindset issue and the reality is it's a huge opportunity to access a really untapped and underserved market. And we're going to get into some of the ways businesses can do that shortly. But first of all, I wanted to come back to something you said earlier on, Mike, around coming out of the pandemic, businesses are seeing the need to show a social impact, that kind of emotional connection and being a better, more ethical, more moral, more sustainable business. You're deep in this part of the, the conversation. Are you seeing more businesses actively making a move now consumers are more interested in seeing businesses make such a move? I absolutely am. And it's not just businesses that are driving this. It's investors. And I think there is a real drive from investors who want to invest in organizations that not only have the right commercials, but can demonstrate social impact. And the whole ESG kind of agenda is really coming to the fore, whether it's environmental, whether it's disability, whether it's social, it's what people want from their brands. So at one level, you've got investors demanding it. And at another level, you have got your staff, your employees demanding it. And I think if there's anything positive, if there's a legacy that comes out of COVID-19, it is that mental health, for example, has absolutely risen. And people who never were touched or never thought they were going to be touched by mental health have and I think the whole taboo of mental health will be blown to smithereens, which I think is fantastic. It's the conversation that is going on in every business. And it's about well-being. It's about performance. It's about connecting with staff and staff wanting to be connected to brands that show impact, social impact, 
customers will want to be attached to brands that show social impact. And we know that in terms of brand loyalty, disabled people are the biggest and have the greatest brand loyalty. So you get a disabled person on board, you've got them really for life. So it's a huge opportunity. Environmental, social and governance is a framework which corporates need to report in their annual reports against. And it's demonstrating your kind of commitments in those areas from what you do to support the environment to the social impacts that you are making in your local communities. And within that, you know, the, here lies the opportunity to talk about disability and what you're doing for your staff and your customers and your local community. And this framework is what investors at corporate level are looking at. But actually, it's a brilliant framework for small, medium-sized enterprises who, who probably do this, but don't kind of recognize or capture what they're doing. And what we're saying, Chloe, is that, look, as a business strategy, yes, you need to get the commercials right. You need to get the quality right. You need to get the price right. But you also need to reach out to your existing customers, your potential customers and your existing staff and potential staff and say, as a brand, here is what we stand for. And things like disability inclusion are really important. You said one of the first steps businesses can do is to start saying to their audience that we want to do better at this. How can we help you? So how does a business who's listening to this going, wow, that's an amazing opportunity, but where on earth do I start? You go, right, this is where you are. What is realistic for you as an organization to achieve? You need metrics, you need targets, but they need to be achievable. And that could be as simple as we want to do a survey because we understand that 80% of disabled people have hidden impairments and therefore in a working context, they don't necessarily need to disclose. So we probably know that there is an underrepresentation of staff, but there'll be reasons why. So we'll do an anonymous survey. And a lot of organizations are doing that and finding out really good data and information about why people aren't disclosing. And then on the other side, it is what do we need to do in order to show customers or potential customers that we're committed to this issue? And normally and increasingly, this is about the website being the gateway to a business. And it's about showing at that gateway uh, that you are accessible or you're on that kind of journey, both with imagery and in the way that you set that website up. There are so many things that you can do at no cost, low cost, which absolutely show your commitment to disability. And then what happens? You start to build momentum. It starts to get a snowball effect. And then suddenly we go, well, we can do more than this. We should be doing this. And that gets driven by staff primarily. 
but also senior managers who may have some kind of connection and lived experience of disability and connecting to programs like Purple Tuesday, which um, Purple Run, which is about improving the disabled customer experience. And then suddenly people are going, oh, well, we could commit to this, we could commit to that. And so it's about building the confidence and competence of an organization to make commitments, but at a pace that is right for that organization. I love how it all starts with what are we doing that we didn't realize we were already doing? Let's actually go, what are we actually already doing? And then you take it straight into the staff, because I think with any kind of potentially huge project like this, if you can get the staff on board, you're halfway to succeeding. So it's kind of like internal first, then we go go to the external. And you mentioned about websites being a great gateway into this. Presumably, we're not talking a total website rebuild on day one. So what are the steps we can take to make our websites work in a more accessible way? If you don't mind, I'll just go back to that point you made about the connection with staff. And so we, about six months ago, have been working with a corporate here in the UK, and it will remain nameless. And we've been working with them and their chief executive stood up in a virtual, thank goodness it's Friday kind of session with all the staff and talked about the work that they had done around disability and mental health in particular and hidden disabilities and where they were going on that journey. And at the end of the session, he invited all staff to come off mute and 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 say something if they wanted to. And we've all been there and there's this deadly silence. And then someone came off mute and said, I am a fairly senior manager in this organization. I never thought I would see this day, but given what that chief executive has said, I am telling you, that I've lived with mental illness for the last 15 years. And today's the day I'm telling all my staff and all the staff in this company, because I think it's the right thing. Wow. 10 seconds later, someone else comes off and goes, well, I'm telling everyone that I am dyslexic. I, I have known that for the last 20 years. I go home every night and I do an extra hour and a half because that's my coping strategy. But today's the day I'm telling everyone I'm dyslexic. Within seven minutes, Chloe, four others had come out and said that they had got a hidden disability and it was the right thing to share. That organization has really kicked on and they have found people with hidden disabilities they didn't even know existed. And the impact that that's had on the staff and the impact that's starting to have on attracting talent to the organization because they've become the kind of marketeers, both internally and externally. And back to your question about websites, there is a lot that can be done literally overnight. So you will be amazed at how many organizations, for example, stylistically start the first sentence of every landing page all in caps. So welcome to whatever that organization. Well, if you're blind and you've got a screen reader, they will read that as acronyms. So you're blind, you go on, it goes W-E-L-C-O-M-E. 99% of blind people will not care less who they are because they would have come off that website. 
if you use a lot of visuals for your website, then you just need to do a description of those visuals so people can access and understand what those visuals are. If you navigate your website through colors, think about the 3 million people who are colorblind in the UK alone, where if you just put words next to the, the colors as an alternative, actually navigation becomes easy. Sitemap. So many organizations don't have a sitemap. Well, that makes a huge difference in getting around a website that is straightforward to do. And I once made the mistake, Chloe, I was, at a, I was at a conference and we were talking about this absolute issue to businesses. And I said, when you go home tonight, go onto your laptop, go onto your company's website and pull out your mouse and navigate around your website just using the keyboard. And that will give you a really good indicator about how accessible or not your website is. And of course, what happened, everyone in the audience got out their laptop there and then, got onto their website and unplugged their mouse and did that no mouse test there and then as I then spoke for the next 40 minutes. And it was a remarkable to go, I didn't realize how to, oh, we could do this, we could do that. So all the examples that I kind of said can near enough be resolved almost immediately that will make a difference. And there is a seminal report called the Click Away Pound that says that this year we know that to the UK economy, £17.1 billion is lost by disabled customers leaving a website before purchase due to poor accessibility or poor customer service. That is an incredibly large figure that could be obliterated almost overnight by some really, really no-cost, simple steps that will open access up to disabled people. And not only just disabled people, if they have a bad experience in the world of social media, everyone else will know they've had a bad experience and that would drive other people's decision-making as well. So this is a huge opportunity and the solutions are really, really straightforward in many cases. A lot of those solutions you've just run through, Mike, are things which we should be doing anyway for SEO purposes or for general usability. Nothing you've said is something which would go against what businesses arguably should be doing anyway to help all consumers or to help with their marketing. Mike, we've spoken about people going on the journey towards making their website better, towards making their, their business more accessible. Now, you have been on a journey this year putting together a new marketplace, Enable All, which puts everything into practice, which I think for the industry is brilliant because we now have an example of how it can be done. But also, it's a good first step in itself. So do you want to tell us a bit about Enable All that you've created? Yes. So Enable All will become the world's first fully accessible marketplace. And we have always thought about how do you mediate the purple pound, the purple dollar, that huge market opportunity? And how do you bring that disaggregated, aggregated community together with merchants who want a route to market 
to this disability market and who want to commit and going on the disability inclusion journey. And that has always been the challenge. Marketplaces are the solution in the nicest sense. And I think uh, there has been a really bright light shone on accessibility through COVID-19 and about how inaccessible marketplaces are, websites are. But that is our future. And I think I saw a statistic the other day that says clearly online purchases are going through the roof. Um, And I will tell you, there is a knock at my door uh, five days a week as a parcel gets deposited that tell me that those statistics are true. And I said, I think I saw a statistic the other day that says 57% of these online purchases are now through a marketplace. And so if we are going to be true to our word that the world needs to be much more accessible to disabled people in 21, 22 and beyond, then it seems common sense that we create a marketplace that is fully accessible. And I want to be really clear, enable all, it's going to be, it is a really good, high quality marketplace experience that happens to be fully accessible. We're not interested in creating a disability ghetto. We're not interested in, well, if you're disabled, this is the marketplace you go to. This is to everyone who wants a good quality marketplace, who buys into that and buys into wanting something that is truly accessible, a pioneer for other marketplaces and other retailers and providers to follow. That's what I love so much about your project. It's both kind of a beacon of how to do it for all of us. You know, if we're trying to work out how we can make our own site more accessible, we can take a look at Enable All and see the, you know, the processes you've gone through. So it becomes this brilliant case study in that sense. But it's also a way for a retailer, for an e-commerce business, for a brand to immediately put their products on a platform that anybody can buy from. So they can very quickly take a big step forward in their journey to being more accessible. Absolutely. And what is frustrating, I think, is what we are doing and the standards, the world global standards for accessibility are out in the public domain. It is just that people aren't doing it. And all we're doing is saying in one place, we are going from end to end, from when you enter and join the marketplace and and when you make your purchase and everything that follows is going to be what they call AAA in terms of standards. And as we've gone through it, yes, there are complexities to it, but actually it takes accessibility to another level that will work for everyone. And so what we're going to demonstrate is, you know, if you want to go onto a marketplace and you want to buy a shirt or a dress, you log on, you put in your kind of accessibility issues, and then your experience is driven by that through every element, whether you are blind and your screen reader, your assistive technology needs to um, synchronize whether you're colorblind that we've mentioned before, mental health, you know, which is the huge, huge issue about how you 
declutter all your kind of pages and the environment in which people go through the marketplace. And what we think will blow the socks off people is we're working with an organization called Smartbox who support people with no voice and enabling people with no voice to independently be able to use a marketplace for the first time. And what we will show is how that also works for merchants. And what does accessibility mean from when the data is sent and how we can manipulate that data to every other aspect. Um, By the way, and hopefully eventually, even in terms of logistics and the packaging that arrives at your door that also will be accessible. And I think just to go back to your point, Chloe, what we are going to show and what we're going to demonstrate is if you are Joanne Bloggs, Joe Bloggs, with no additional needs, no disabilities at this time, actually what a remarkable and what a brilliant customer experience you can also have. So I I really want to emphasize the point that enable all is to enable all, and it just so happens to do that, it needs to be fully accessible. Mike, I'm so excited to see what Enable All does to the industry because I think it's going to be a truly fascinating journey over the coming months and years. So thank you so much for coming on and helping us explore how much bottom line potential there is in doing the right thing. And thank you for all you're doing to make it more straightforward for businesses to do it better. Thank you all for listening and do tune in for the next Future Focus UK Expo podcast episode. Thanks for listening to Future Focus, the UK at Expo podcast series. Look out for more podcasts in the series or subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. And if you want to stay up to date with all things UK Pavilion, links to our social media channels can be found in the episode description.